have in common today with the man that baptized Jesus 2,000 years ago in the Jordan River, which is why we have a baptismal tank in our church. What do we have in common with John the Baptist? What did John the Baptist do that we can do 2,000 years later? What do we have in common? Well, write this down. Take your sermon notes. Number one, write this down. Little acts of faithfulness lead to big, surprising blessings. Now, I know a lot of us get tired. We just get kind of get bored. We just kind of get overloaded. I get that. But friends, listen to me. This is the way God works. You got to figure out the modus operandi of God. God is looking for people that will be faithful with little bitty things to steward. And then he says, I'm going to give you more to steward. I'm going to shock you if you'll be credible and trustworthy. People of integrity with little bitty things. So here's a quick example before we go to scripture. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 1 verse 30. Open your Bible there. We're going to get there in just a moment. I'm going to give you a little example of little faithfulness, all right? Leads to big surprising blessings. So about three weeks ago, a college student in our church is attending my wife's class, Diana. Diana, would you raise your hand? In what's called the Gideon study. The Gideon study is about Old Testament, Gideon, he has a real faith problem. He, he struggles trusting God, and Gideon just simply says, I just can't trust God, and God wants Gideon to do something that's very difficult, and God says, you got to trust me, and so Gideon goes out, and, and he collects 30,000 soldiers, ballpark, and God says, no, I don't want 30,000. And he'd start windling it down, windling it down, windling it down to just a few soldiers. And Gideon is having a panic attack. He's stressing out. He can't figure this out. He doesn't want to do that. Just like we don't want to do what God wants us to do. And so literally, this college student is, is watching the story unfold in Sunday Bible class through my wife's class. And she wakes up one day, the college student, and says, I don't trust God. And Gideon is showing me that I'm like Gideon, and Gideon doesn't trust God, and I'm worrying myself sick, I'm freaking out, and I'm just a big, big anxiety pillow. And so, guess what? The same college student has put a deposit down to go with us on our trip to Israel in March. Guess where we go? We go to Gideon Springs, the actual battle site in Judges, the actual Gideon Springs. There's one Gideon Springs in Israel. So the individual college student is studying Gideon and recognizing, I don't trust God. Says to my wife, Diana, I've got to trust God. I've got to trust God that God will bring the money in for me to go to Israel because she's a college student. She doesn't have much money, but she believes God wants her to go. So she's working three jobs, trying to raise the money, good for her, 
trying to be faithful in little things, but she really did not put her faith on the line. And so she puts her faith on the line, starts trusting God, and guess what happens last Sunday night? Last Sunday night, one of you in our church came to me and says, do you know a college student who wants to go to Israel, do you know if they need any money? And I knew the story through my wife, and I knew about the college student who had already registered and already working triple jobs, and I smiled. What do you think I said? Yeah. So I then found out later what the family in our church wanted to do by helping scholarship a little bit, not 100%, just a little bit. And then I sent the message to the college student and said, God has just supplied you with X amount of dollars. Would you accept this and would it help you go to Israel? Guess what the college student did? Had a meltdown, a good meltdown. Contacted my wife, replied to me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm trying to say to you is back up. Faithful and little, faithful and little things, God will surprise you with big things. You say, Roger, where do you get this from? John the Baptist story. Can I encourage you? Write this down. Never forget this, people. Never forget. Little falsehoods, tiny lies, when you're not reliable, when you're irresponsible, it will create much pain and much suffering for you and other people. It's just the opposite of being faithful. So here we go. We're in John chapter 1, verse 30. We're working our way verse by verse through the book of John. Here's verse 30. It's a little complicated to understand the dynamic, but pay, pay attention and we'll keep working on application. John 1, 30. This is John the Baptist talking. He's reflecting back on the day that he baptized Jesus not too long ago, okay? John the Baptist is around 30 years old. Jesus is around 30 years old. It's at the beginning of his ministry. And John the Baptist says this in John 1.30. This is he, that would be Jesus, on behalf of whom I, John the Baptist, said... After me, John the Baptist, comes a man, capital M, that would be Jesus, who has a higher rank than I. For he, Jesus, existed before me, that would be John. Now those of you that are sitting here today, look at, look at what's being said here. It says here, Jesus existed before John. But John is six months older than Jesus. Think about it. See, the atheist says contradiction. But what's going on here, if you know the story of Luke chapter 1, verses 8 to 17, if you know the background of this, John's mama is a relative first cousin to Jesus' mama, Mary. And you remember the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 8 through 17? The parents of John, what was it? Elizabeth and Zacharias, through an angel, the Gabriel angel, there is a connection between Mary and Elizabeth around the time Jesus was born six months earlier. Remember that? So what you have in verse 30, now watch this. Again, 
John is older than Jesus by six months. Look at verse 30 again. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. How can Jesus exist before John if John is six months older than Jesus? Here's the quick answer. He's God. He's God. But John did not know his second cousin was God. He didn't know that between the ages of zero and 30. But John is faithful to the Old Testament teaching that a Messiah is coming. You could check out Micah 5.2, Genesis 3.15, Isaiah 7.14, Psalm 2.7, that the Messiah would come and John the Baptist is doing what John the Baptist should do because God says, do these little bitty things and there's going to be some big surprises for you. Verse 31 again, I did not recognize him. You see that? John the Baptist says, I did not recognize Jesus. But so that he might be, Jesus might be manifested to Israel, I did my job. What was his job? The little job of baptizing in water. John did not recognize Jesus as his second cousin as the Messiah originally. He didn't recognize him as God the Messiah. Look at verse 32. John testified saying, this is when he actually baptized Jesus. I have seen the Spirit of God descending as a dove out of heaven, and the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. John, seeing the Holy Spirit, ah, now I understand Jesus, my second cousin, is God. Look at verse 33. This is, this is really fun. How many of you uh, like uh, really complexity in Scripture? This is complexity simplified. You just have to see it. Watch this. John the Baptist is saying around the age of 30, he says this, I did not recognize him. That would be Jesus, the Son of God. But he who sent me, who sent John to baptize? That would be God the Father, but he, God the Father. So you have Jesus, the Son of God. Then you have God the Father who sent me To baptize in water, God the Father said to me, He, Jesus, upon whom you see the Holy Spirit, you just saw the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Just just see the Holy Spirit, watch this, descending and remaining upon Jesus. This is the one, Messiah, Son of God, prophesied from Old Testament who baptizes in the Holy Spirit, not in water, I baptize in water, but this Jesus, this Son of God, this Messiah, is going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 34. I myself have seen, I saw this, and I have testified, this is the Son of God, speaking of Jesus. Now, friends, listen to me. Like John the Baptist, God made you. And God made you for a purpose. And you can't keep wasting hours and days and months in your life just doing meaningless, frivolous stuff. God's got special assignments for you to do. God made you. So I'm suggesting to you today, number two, God gave John the Baptist little things to do before he did the big things like baptize Jesus. So the little things that John the Baptist did is he testified. He talked about Jesus. He baptized people in the name of God. 
So John 1, John 1, 34 says, I myself have seen and have testified this is the Son of God. We all like to get there. But before you get to see the big things in life, back up and do the little things like, watch verse 31. I did not recognize him. But so that Jesus might be manifested to Israel, I did my little bitty things, my insertion. I came baptizing in water. John the Baptist testified. He told people about God. He told people that the Messiah is coming. Did John understand everything? Just like in your life, you get confused and frustrated when things happen. No, you can't figure it out. Here's, what you, here's, the, here's the takeaway. Write this down. In John's life and in your life, listen to me, your life was given to you by God and God gave you little things to do. And you've got to be trustworthy in the little things that God gives you to do. You've got to take care and do well at the little things that God gives you to do. Because a lot of us want to do the big things. We're not ready to do the big things like baptize Jesus. God wants us to be faithful in the little things. Like, hey, how about talk about the Messiah? How about get ready to baptize other people? What I'm saying to you is this. Here's what this means. Your life is a blessing from God to bless others with the little things you do, and God will just keep using you, using you, using you. You see, to be faithful to God, what does that mean? To be faithful to God means, listen to me, boil it down, it means that you bless others. You don't hurt people. You don't demean people. You don't belittle people. You don't whine on people. God gives us all kinds of opportunities. He said, John, I want you to testify before you know that Jesus is God. John, I want you to baptize before you know it's Jesus as God. And John did exactly that. So let me give you a moment of fun in my life. I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, Point three on your outline. Here's a lesson from my life last Monday morning. And let's call it a rainy day lesson, if we may. So every morning about five o'clock, I get up and I go walking in my neighborhood. I don't know what you're doing at five o'clock. You might be walking. You might say, Roger, I'm a night owl. I do things at night. Okay, that's fine. So I get up around sometimes 3 o'clock, sometimes 4 o'clock, but usually by around 5 o'clock, I'm headed out the door. Last Monday, what happened last Monday morning in the valley? Think about it, okay? Last Monday, hint, rainy day story. Last Monday, I walk out the door at uh, 5 a.m. I walk out, and it's cloudy, and it's sprinkling. And I said, you know, maybe I should go get a hat because I wear glasses and, you know, it's no fun to get, okay. So I went and got a hat and I thought, maybe I should get an umbrella. So I grabbed an umbrella. So I walked out the door with an umbrella in my hand, a hat in my hand. Within 30 minutes, the streets, the, the rain is starting to build up in the streets. I'm sloshing as I'm walking around 5.30, 5.45, thereabouts. My feet are soaking. The water is coming up my legs. The umbrella is at least protecting my face. My shoulders are wet. My arms are wet. And I'm saying, it's raining. 
it's it's raining in the East Valley. It doesn't. It never rains practically. And I'm watching the water now flowing down the streets, and I'm thinking, oh, what's happening at the church? I'm thinking, is there any roof leaks? I'm thinking about rain gutters. I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, do we have a bad roof? And I'm watching the water flow, and this, the rain eventually went over the, the to, from the curbs over onto the sidewalks. And as I walked past the, the gutters, it was like a locomotive roaring. The water, there's a river flowing down the sidewalks, down the streets, and I'm just sloshing, trying to avoid it. And there's, I'm just shocked. I get around my neighborhood about 45 minutes, 50 minutes later, I get down to the park. How many of you know the park at the end of my street? And I'm, and I'm still carrying my umbrella, and I'm soaking, and I head to the Ramada, and I'm sitting in the Ramada, and off to my right, to the south of me, is the water retention basin, and guess what's happening? There is a lake forming in the water retention basin, and I'm watching the water rise just before my very eyes. Listen to me. I'm standing there, and I had just spent a little bit of time thinking about this message. What's the takeaway? What's the takeaway? Hit that next slide, DJ. Faithful in little makes a big difference. What's the takeaway? What if those engineers and those construction workers did a lousy job on the drainage system under the streets? What if they did a lousy job? The the houses would have been what? Flooded. They did a little job in things that I, I never, ever saw. Faithful and little at design, faithful and little at engineering, and now we have a water retention filling up, and I'm sitting there connecting the dots, and I'm saying, Roger, I'm saying to myself, faithful and little makes a big difference, and then I come back to the Word of God, and I'm looking at what Scripture says, and I'm seeing in John chapter 1, verse 30, watch this. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man, now watch this, who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Verse 31. I did not recognize this man, Jesus, but so that he, because I, prophet, I, I, I supported the prophets from the Old Testament, he might be manifest to Israel. I came baptizing in water. What's, what am I saying to you? Watch this. Number four. You do little things well because Jesus is God. Period. You can do little things well. Even at work as an engineer or a construction worker, you can take care and be responsible and credible in the little things. Why? Because Jesus is God. Listen, what this text is simply saying, look at verse 30 again. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Listen, you do the little things because you will never outrank Jesus. You're never going to be smarter than Jesus. You're never going to have more power, more authority than Jesus. You do the little things well because you're not self-existing. Because you're not God. John the Baptist figured it out. God said, hey, go talk about the Messiah who's coming. 
And he did that. And he baptized in the name of the Messiah. John did his job well. He was not trying to be God. I think a lot of us are panicking and worrying and freaking out in life and not trusting God. And we have meltdowns because we're trying to control what only God is responsible for controlling. John clearly says in verse 31, I did not recognize him, but I did what God called me to do. But so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. So here, here's, here's a broad, beautiful application. Number five, when you can't figure out the big things in life, which is often, you do the little things well for God. There's much you're not going to figure out. In my neighborhood, this man every day is doing his thing. Every day, practically every day, he's in a wheelchair. And every day, what is this man doing? He comes from a group home for senior citizens who are nearing death. And what is this guy doing in a wheelchair? And the broom. And the dustpan. What is he doing? He's cleaning out the curbs. He says, I'm about to die, but I can do something to help my community. I can do a little bitty thing. I can make my street a little bit prettier. Roll the tape. So I took the video. People, don't be lazy. Don't squander the time God has given you. Be wise with your money. Make sure you do the little bitty things that God has called you to do. Whatever it is, do it well in the name of Jesus. John one thirty one. see it again. I did not recognize him, meaning I knew the Jesus from age 1 to age 30, but I did not know he was God. Think about it. I didn't recognize him. But I knew from the Old Testament that the Messiah was coming, so I'm doing what the Old Testament prophets told me to do, but so that he, Jesus the Messiah, which he found out later, might be manifested to Israel, I did what God told me to do. I came baptizing in water, verse 32. And John testified, I had the privilege, I have seen the Holy Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big deal. This never happened before. This is a unique miracle. Can I suggest to you number six? Faithful means I tell others the little things I have seen about God. You can do that. Pastor Jeff is our outreach pastor. He's always looking for people that will talk about God. You don't have to know all of the, the answers to life. John one thirty two again. Look at it again. John testified saying, I've seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained on him. 33. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one, referring to Old Testament prophecy fulfilled, Messiah who baptizes in the water. I'm suggesting to you today, number seven, my time's almost gone, to be faithful in little things. You've got to listen for God to guide you.
Listen. Tune your ears to God. How do you do that? Can I give you a couple simple suggestions? Five ways that God speaks to us. Number one, God speaks through Jesus. If Jesus teaches it in the Bible, that's God speaking to you. If Jesus says it, that's God speaking to you. So when you read the story of Jesus, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, when you read all about Jesus, you stop and say, that's God speaking directly to you. And you better pay attention to what Jesus says. Number two, God speaks through the Ten Commandments. You get it, people? If you would just obey the Ten Commandments, your life would be so much better. Thou shall not lie. Think about it. Thou shall not steal. Think about it. Thou shall honor the Lord thy God. The list goes on and on. Never forget the top ten. Number three. God speaks when I see other people obeying Jesus. You see somebody else following Jesus? Somebody else listening to God? You know that God's trying to give you a message. You look for people that are faithful in little things like John the Baptist. You look for people that are credible and believable, people that are trustworthy. Yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, a man sent in my office. I prayed earlier for him, and he cried as a young man because he doesn't have any trustworthy friends, male friends. Think about that. He doesn't have someone that won't lie. He doesn't have a friend that won't lie. Now, is it his fault? Probably. But men, we should be trustworthy men. Men that people, other people can rely on us because we're faithful in little bitty things. Because we're men of God. God speaks as I see other people obeying Jesus. Number four. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, the Spirit comes, illuminates, convicts, comforts. You know when the Spirit is coaching you. Listen to the Spirit. And if you can't listen to the Spirit, you need to, you need to get into a deep Bible study because you're all burned out. Number five, God speaks through truth, not lies. We're living in a world absorbed in self-deception. We, we're liars everywhere. Liars everywhere. We're deceived. When you see truth, honesty, even if it's a confession, you say God's at work. If someone is credible, one plus one equals what? One plus one equals what? Two. Two. If someone tells you one plus one equals five, Walk away from them. Listen to me. Math, bad math will destroy you. Uh, My time's up. Bow your heads with me. God, I thank you for scripture that reminds me to love the broken. Love people that mistreat me. Love people that don't understand completely. That are messy. Teach us to go the extra mile for each other because we have been given so much forgiveness. 
All God's people said, Amen.